Blog Talk Radio. Generations. It is the generation before this generation of madness that is mad. A legacy of insanity gifted to the children of the insane. No passing of discipline or traditions, but rites of guilt, pain, and plagues. A torch of sadness passes. It is the generation of sunshine that has left us sightless, as the children of the blind lead us toward the millennium of darkness. The generation of choice has left us no choices, as our world turns and we devour ourselves. We stare into the eyes of our children, a brilliant reflection of our image, and we blame them for what we see. Generations. It is the generation before this generation of madness that is mad. A legacy of insanity gifted to the children of the insane. No passing of discipline or traditions, but rites of guilt, pain, and plagues. A torch of sadness passes. It is the generation of sunshine that has left us sightless as the children of the blind lead us toward the millennium of darkness. The generation of choice has left us no choices, as our world turns and we devour ourselves. We stare into the eyes of our children, a brilliant reflection of our image, and we blame them for what we see. Culture, why we can't go outside and play today? Baby, because there's too much happening out there. We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence. And use guns, and sometimes innocent people like you and me get caught in the middle of it. Well, what's wrong with them? Baby, I don't know. They need changing a lot.
issue Whether rich, poor, black, white, man, woman Still it'll sex you Violence ain't racist Death come in their faces Complacent Till it hits home That's when you taste it And all of these murders And numbers unheard of For reasons unheard of Account for a third of Crimes just committed You hear but do you feel it now? Me and my people Stand stronger Till they get it Tell the streets To put the thumbs down Let's build a foundation Here on common ground And know that we won't stop Until that peace is found
purposely impose upon others their misery and pain. Their primary motive and mission is to spread their anger and displeasure and put other people in their position. They plot. They practice illegal tactics. They play a game of pretend. And the problem is not time. They have plenty of that to spend. The problem is people want a your event down to every last detail, no matter what size your special event may be. Our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event. At Andy Clyde's, world-class service for our clients is standard. We can provide travel arrangements, accommodations, event sites, caterers, florists, photographers, transportation, hair stylists, and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save-the-date cards, and invitations. Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as Dream Weavers because we listen to what you want and get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www.ndclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above others. And remember, at Andy Clides, we are your You're listening to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, September 30th. 
2010, I'm Sonia Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, who is also the publisher and editor of South Street Journal for 16 years and presently a candidate for alderman in the 17th Ward, and he will be joining us shortly. Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National, and we are proud to say that we've been on the air since December 2009 and that we are holding steadfast in our efforts to sustain and increase black businesses across the nation. We are here every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. right here on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. You may listen to a rebroadcast of this show every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at www.wjpcchicago.com. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information, your website links, your comments and questions in the chat room. Please press the number one if you'd like to speak to our host or one of our guests, or if you have a comment or question. As we open the show, you were listening to one of the points from my new book, uh, my first book, and the book is called Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010. The point was Generations, and the song that you heard at the top of the show, uh, we've been playing it ever since we uh, come on the air in December, and we appreciate their permission to do so. That was Kosha singing Common Ground. She is a Chicagoan. Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions is not a book of poetry. What it is is a, a five-part series, a five-book series, uh, asking questions of you, Black America. Uh, what we wish to do is challenge Black Black America to collectively engage in a dialogue that I believe will initiate solutions to our collective concerns and issues. My vision for the fifth publication, which is scheduled for uh, 2014, is Black America, Our Questions Answered. Watch for our radio and TV broadcasts as we travel, travel across the country and ask Black America, the tough questions. Once once again, uh, you can pick up a copy at Amazon.com. You can also preview the first question in the book right here in our blog section on our show page here on Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Tonight we put out a call to Illinois candidates for office asking them to call in and tell us what is your political agenda for sustaining and increasing black businesses. And as soon as I put that question out there, I got an interesting response from someone who's very involved in our community at all levels. And her response was, no, no, absolutely not. You do not ask what the agenda is for us. You tell them what our agenda is for them. And so that's what we're asking you to do this evening. Call in and tell the candidates what you expect uh, in their representation to you in your community. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Please, you will need to press the number one if you would like to join us on the air. That's our signal. We're going to bring uh, the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and candidate for Alderman of the 17th Ward to the air now. Welcome to the show, Ron. How are you this evening? Hi, Sonia. How are you? Hello? I'm doing great. I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Okay. 
Yes, I'm, I'm doing here. fine, and you're doing fine. You enjoy your day today? Absolutely. Every day. Every day is a good day. Every day Did is a good day. Did you enjoy the Black Wall Street Committee meeting today? Absolutely. I stayed for the whole meeting today, Ron. And you sat at the table, too. Yes, I did. You normally yes, sat in I the did. background, but you was at the table doing all the dialogue as we're planning for the next summit on November the 20th of 2010. And uh, I have to tell our audience that uh, I'm pretty sure that our next board meeting for Black Wall Street that, uh, Sonia, you will be appointed executive director of Black Wall Street Chicago. You ready for it? I'm warming up for it, Ron. I'm warming up for it. Um, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. It sounds like a political question to me, Ms. Carter. I am ready for it. Uh, <laughs> I am ready for it, Ron. Uh, I'm a person, I do believe myself, uh, as I've told uh, Keisha many times, Keisha, uh, as a matter of fact, is here tonight, uh, practicing for a play that she's putting on in November, Raising in the Sun. Uh, we do right. a lot of things over here at South, South Street Journal. Everything goes on over here. You should come over and be a part of this. So we had a committee meeting and board meeting this morning for Black Wall Street. We have uh, a whole group of people out in the front office practicing for a raisin in the sun to be presented in November, and here we are in another part of the office doing a broadcast with you. You should come over and be a part of what we do. But back to your question, Mr. Carter, absolutely. As I, t- I told Keisha, she's asked me, how do you do these things? I'm an idea person. Um, you set the stage for the vision you and the, uh, the members of Black Wall Street have for the past year past three years, set the stage uh, and the foundation and the groundwork for what your vision is for Black Wall Street, and I'm just here to carry forth that vision. I am an idea person. You give me the ideas, you tell me, point me in the right direction, tell me uh, what it is that you need, and I make it happen. Isn't that right, Mr. Carter? That's correct. I believe that that goes back to one of your uh, responses to the uh, topic of tonight, um, and that is for the uh, community to direct what the elected officials should or should not be doing. So it's not about them proposing their agenda. It's how do we get the community to propose an agenda. But even to the point of myself being a candidate as well, uh, getting a part of this whole political process, I do believe, just as you indicated about being the executive director, is somewhat kind of easy that we'll be uh, an executive director of Black Wall Street just as well as there will be um, candidates that will be elected. So how do those candidates actually focus in on carrying out the people's agenda opposed to their agenda. Yes, a candidate has a vision, just as you have a vision taking on a role as executive director of Black Wall Street. And there is a foundation there, just as though there's a foundation for the uh, any elected post. But with that foundation, where do the candidate take on the direction from the community? How does the candidate actually implement once they get into office? 
so many times we do hear the story about once a person get into office, they change. Uh, one of our board members, Phyllis uh, Logan, indicate it's a scary situation upon a person indicating what they're going to do and how they're going to make things better once they get into office. And then when it happens, uh, the horror stories come out on a lot of them. And not only a lot, let's say almost the majority. And those that are not part of the majority, uh, they get trapped into the politics of it. Uh, so we want to kind of uh, explore those situations tonight, and hopefully we're going to have those candidates on here as well. Uh, so, Sonia, are we ready to um, move on with the show? Well, uh, candidate, before we move on with the show, let's uh, let's begin with you, Ron Carter as candidate of the 17th Ward. And going out, and my first question to you, in going out into the community and speaking with the voters of the 17th Ward, what have they indicated to you as their expectations of you as their future alderman? Well, the as I listen to the uh, candidates, um, a lot of the I'm, I'm sorry, listen to the um, the people of the 17th Ward and where I'm running. Uh, what I get is I introduce myself that I'm going to be running for alderman. I am running for alderman of the 17th Ward. The most responses that I get is good. Prior to them even knowing who I am, what I'm about, what I propose, they say good because they do want to change. And they respond to the point of the old saying, um, a dog catcher can do better than our president alderman. So I can appreciate that as a sign of that the people want to win. But what I tend to do, and which my campaign staff tends to pull my coattail and say, you're talking too much to the people. Uh, because I think it's important that they do know the individual opposed to saying that they just want somebody. So I tend to present my platform of what I'm about based on my record, being a community organizer, being a newspaper publisher, being a part of Black Wall Street. Uh, but how do I get them involved in the process opposed to them just saying, I want to change. And I believe that a lot of times candidates take a, a, a liking that they say, well, anybody but the present. But we got to have some substance. So I feel that people do want to change, but how do I actually enact upon after being elected? Because as I stated uh, earlier, that Candidates seems to change once they get elected. How do I be able to make myself accountable to the process of community involvement in the direction of the alderman? Uh, for example, an alderman is a legislator, not an administrator. The, the mayor of Chicago signs the paycheck for streets and sanitation, uh, not the alderman. So the focus has been on the alderman to get the streets clean, to deal with the potholes, and to 
deal with the maintenance. That's not the job of the alderman. The job is passing laws, passing legislation, passing ordinance, dealing with uh, zoning, uh, uh, focusing in on legislative matters pertaining to the city. So my experience is based on organizing the people into the process opposed to taking advantage of people saying that they want to just have somebody to replace the current alderman. So that's been my experience, uh, and I believe that each uh, elected position has its own agenda as it relates to the the governor, as it relates to the state um, representatives, um, and all other appointed officers. Okay. Now, let me go back to something that you mentioned um, in regards to Phyllis Logan, and it's not uh, – it's, it's across the board, and, and I don't know how to – how we can make a difference in that. Yes, people make promises uh, after promise, after promise, after promise, and when they get into office, those promises and commitments – are forgotten. They're, uh, you can no longer reach out to them. Uh, they talk about their qualifications before. Uh, and sometimes, as you said, people just want to change, so they are not really following up on what their qualifications is. But people get in the office and things change. How can a voter, such as myself, which I am, ascertain that that person is going to keep their promise after they get into office. It's, I mean, there is really no way to – how do we hold them accountable after after they're in office because they get in office and they stay? I mean, rarely is someone, uh, except in some cases, as we know now, rarely are they removed from office. Well, there is, uh, in my case, in the uh, 17th Ward, uh, we have meetings, uh, and there was a question raised that they wanted term limits for the elected official. And I agree with term limits. Uh, I agree to the point that it's almost like a job description, uh, a job description of prior to you getting hired, these are the objectives that must be met on your job. And as you're on that job, there are uh, probation periods. Now, naturally, in the case of an elected official, that probation is uh, neither impeachment or next time when it comes to being elected. But at the same time, there are reviews uh, on your performance. It's I'm looking at it the same way as Black Wall Street is operated, whereby we have our summits every three months. As we have our summits every three months, and in between that, there are weekly meetings. And these weekly meetings set the pace and the agenda where Black Wall Street is going. Myself as the chairman, uh, I do have influence in that agenda I do have influence and in some of the people that are part of it, but ultimately it is the group that is deciding the direction of Black Wall Street. And when we have our summits, there is an accountability of what has Black Wall Street done in the last three months, what is it proposing to do, and what has been its problems. And 
at the summons the people vote on the next move of Black Wall Street. I believe that uh, there has been cases where um, community groups have presented a covenant to elected officials to sign. For the most part, in my experience, being involved in community work, a lot of elected officials uh, do want to sign covenants. It's more like a contract to do certain things. Personally, I agree with signing a contract with the community. Now, the contract can be, um, I propose that I will support this type of legislation, I will support, support this type of action in the community, and I will support it in acting on it within a time frame. Now, given that, for example, the Walmart in the 21st Ward of Chicago, Alderman um, Howard Brookings' agenda was to put a Walmart on 83rd Street. It wasn't necessarily his errors that that Walmart legislation did not pass when he proposed was passed because he had to do some lobbying with other elected officials to get that Walmart to be on 83rd Street. But there was a process that Alderman Brookings presented to the community at large, not just to the community of the 21st Ward, he presented it to the city of Chicago, the opposition that he was having doing what the community wanted him to do. So that's a form of accountability. And so not only for Walmart, but even to the point of zoning. In the 17th Ward, there's zoning commercial property down to residential. That is something that should be presented to the community at large. That is not something that the alderman should do because looking at the long term of it, the community got to be in the process if they zone a commercial strip down to residential, that means that those are less jobs that's going to be produced. So I believe that in a, in a covenant with the community, I believe in a contract with the community, I believe in not quarterly summits, but monthly summits within the ward where the uh, elected official not only say what legislation that they are working on, but legislation that's going to be coming up. In our Black Wall Street meeting today, we discussed briefly about the Chicago 2040 plan. A lot of elected officials don't have no idea what that's about, and they don't have any idea the implications that it has uh, in the year 2040 with education, with uh, land allocation, with enemy domain, with many uh, implications on how you're going to be planning with the TIF dollars, how you're going to be planning with the um, uh, the SSI funds, with community development block grant funding. So that is an effect over the city as a whole, but an alderman have to report back to the community on the status of that. So it's the creativity with community organizing and representing that basic board that have to happen. I think that each elected official have to do it 
on their own merit, whether it is at the alderman level all the way to the president. Uh, we did look at Barack Obama as change. Uh, we looked at change based on the character of the individual. The polls are coming out with mixed reviews on the performance of President Barack Obama, but Barack Obama knows as an organizer is that he is focusing on the big picture, still being concerned with the immediate needs, whether those immediate needs is the Illinois back-to-work uh, legislation and funding, or if it's no more than the Community Development Black Grant Fund to fund housing counseling. So they, I believe that there have to be boards or committees set up by the elected official that they have to report to and help the community in the process of making that happen. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, other candidates, uh, I, I would like you raise that question, and I hope that that's something that we could uh, engage with uh, callers and other candidates that would call in to the show to uh, explain that accountability process as well as their platform in sustaining and increasing black businesses. Absolutely. See, you got me talking like a politician. I'm, 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 a, I'm the host. I'm a journalist, but I guess I have to put that other head on too, okay? You are a politician. You're listening to Black I'm Wall Street. I'm not a politician. US. You're running for no, political not. office, Ryan. I'm not a well, what are you running for, Ryan? I'm what are you running for, for, Ryan? I'm running to be an elected that's official. So that's not a politician? I mean, break it down to me. I believe that sometimes a politician is one that compromise their principle, compromise their goals, compromise one bill in order to get another bill passed. I am one that do not compromise my principles and compromise my goals, understanding that politics is ran by politicians, but I believe that uh, we have to set a different presidency on what an elected official is. I understand that for the most part in the black community that the elected officials in the black community do not receive their funding from the community. They receive their funding to run their campaign from outside sources. And as they do so, they are subject to the agenda of outside sources of that particular ward. Uh, I would like to see other candidates uh, upon becoming aldermen of the 17th War, that their principles guide their politics, opposed to being a politician guiding the direction of what is good for the ward. I hope that this makes some type of difference between an elected official and a politician. I got what you said. In other words, uh, we need to... Uh, replace our politicians with elected officials and be sure they understand clearly that they are elected officials. You first. listen to Black Wall Street first. 
Absolutely. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Tonight we put out a call to Illinois candidates for office, asking them to call in and tell us what is your political agenda for sustaining and increasing black businesses. We're going to go to uh, our first caller this evening. On the line with us is another candidate for Alderman for the 20th Ward. We want to welcome Reverend Andre Smith to Black Wall Street USA. Welcome to the show, sir. Hi, how are you? Okay, Reverend Smith. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes, welcome to uh, Chicago's Black uh, Business Network and Black Wall Street uh, radio program this evening. How are you doing in the 20th Ward? Well, I'm doing wonderful, and and, uh, once again, I'm just excited and glad that I was chosen to stand up and fight for the people. Um, Too long and too many times have we as minorities or Afro-Americans have been overlooked, sold out. And uh, I can relate and understand clearly what you mean when you say politician, because there have been too many politicians that have forgot that they are servants of the people that was put in by the people. And, um, yes, we our job is to legislate and to, to, to put in laws, but the problem that we have, we be in, we've been um, for so long that we allow things to go bad, such as the parking meter deal or the Skyway. How can one that's uh, a one-term alderman or two-term alderman, which is eight years to four years, how can someone sell or lease something for 75 years or 99 years? I mean, that's insanity. So, yes, Ron, I agree 100% with you that we need a callback. So that means when one gets so far out there, one of our elected officials gets so far out there and forget who put them in the position, we can call them back. So I agree. Right. I agree 100%. With that question earlier, um, one was a um, an email that was sent to Sonia raising the question that, how do we put the agenda on the candidate to implement? And the other part is, upon that agenda being put on the candidate, how do we monitor and hold that candidate, once elected, uh, accountable to the uh, people that put him in office? Well, um, I'm in a process as well as I believe that you or any other candidate should be in, and we have to establish committees. We have to establish a board. The alderman is the representative of the community, but he should, before he votes, he should be able to come back, he or she should be able to come back to the board, and the board should be able to to, to, um, discern or have information from the community that he or she serves. And then they should be able to go back, the alderman, the elected official, should be able to go back with sound documents that this is what his or her community wants. Now, let me ask you this here. Looking at the demographics of the 20th Ward, 
uh, as, again, this is uh, Black Wall Street uh, radio program that focuses on sustaining and increasing black businesses. The 20th Ward, as it looks, uh, is basically not just representing a black community per se. It's uh, heavily being, the demographics is heavily being changed. Um, do you go in with a black agenda? And if so, is that fair for the non-black residents of your of your ward? Well, no, you, you don't go in with a black agenda because I don't believe it's a black agenda or a white agenda. I believe it's the people agenda, the people that you serve. That's in your community. That's the agenda, and that's the real agenda. Mm-hmm. Well, um, given the historical, uh, I use uh, I normally use this term about the white agenda in Chicago, and I use this term as it relates to the the development in the last ten years of 175,000 housing units and businesses that was uh, constructed in the near uh, west side and the near south side with the many high-rise developments that housed those 175,000 housing units, given that 175,000 housing units can be approximately about 300,000 new residents. And I may be unfair to say that is a white Wall Street or a white agenda in Chicago because the demographics of the near south and the near west uh, does not or it consists of no more than a 5% black population. Um, And the historical nature of Chicago is that the parity of economic development has not been in line with the population of the black community. How can that be addressed, uh, taking into consideration the 20th Ward and taking into consideration that the city of Chicago only have uh, less than 8% of blacks with the con- contractual con- procurement uh, from vendorship and construction? Well, First, we have to go to the root of it, and, and the whole process was wrong from the beginning. So, therefore, that's why, and that's more than enough reasons to understand that's why we need real, not politicians, but we, real, we need real leadership as our elected officials. What do so you that call we can real leadership? Have real leadership is, is people that will stand up for no matter what race of people you would stand up for what they may call the least of them, the, the homeless person that, that, that resigned in your, in your homeless shelter, in your community. You know, there, you have to put programs that would fit everybody, not just a group of race of people, not just, you know, Caucasian people or Afro-American or Latino. You have, if they're poor, they're poor. You have to put something in a program in there. If, if an Afro-American has doesn't have a high school diploma and he needs a GED, and a Caucasian person needs a GED, a Latino person needs a GED, no matter what race they are, they need a GED. So, therefore, you need a GED program. 
Well, how do you legislate that from a city council uh, position? Well, you legislate. You 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 put things in. I mean, process. is there an example of is there an example of a program that you can pin to right now? Okay. Uh, that exists. I would say, for instance, I would say, for instance, the the parking meter deal or, or the ticket deal. When they when when the when the alderman lowered the tickets to two tickets, some people can afford that. Some people can they have the funds to pay the two tickets. Some people have money where they don't have any tickets. But then there's another group of people that can't afford um uh, they, they may have four tickets. So when you lower the tickets to get a the boot, that's unfair. Well, the city of Chicago did admit that the boots and the ticket is a revenue generation generated for to balance the budget of the city of Chicago and that the city of Chicago had to find a way to uh, gain revenue. And that was one way that helped the city to a certain degree. Uh, the other argument is that, well, don't park illegally and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> How do you deal with those two? <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, I would say that the aldermen or the committeemen or the legislator that we have in place that voted on those deals did not read and do enough research to know the damage in the wrong direction that they were leading us into because as we can see, the city is broke. So all the money that you have made have put for the lights, the the, the, the flashing light camera, and sold the Skyway for 99 years, leased the parking meters for 75 years, all of that resources is almost gone. So obviously, you're it, it's just like they said, you're driving without legal driver's license. You don't now want to drive. Is, right. Now, there is a lawsuit that is... Um, in motion now uh, that all persons that have their cars booted or sold or mm, disposed of by the city of Chicago, there's a lawsuit. Matter of fact, we're going to be writing that story in the next issue of South Street Journal. So that does raise the question that there's some legal um, issues surrounding the towing and the, um, uh, I guess, selling of people's personal property due to the tickets. Uh, how do we then, uh, are you proposing that we uh, ban the two tickets or increase it to three or five or uh, be more lenient in being paid and upon doing that? Is there a concern that that will increase the deficit of, I believe it's the deficit is something like $700 million that the city of Chicago has now? So how, how is that balanced? Do we take advantage of, and I guess I'm putting my own self in, uh, putting my own self in some, a corner here, but do we take advantage as legislators the, the tickets to help close the gap that and do we 
abandon what's in place, and would that affect the the budgetary um, uh, structure of the city of Chicago as it stands now? Well, I say first of all, I mean, I would I would raise the tickets to four to five, you know, to qualify for the booth. I wouldn't uh-huh. agree the two tickets to qualify for the booth because most people can't even afford, you know, to pay one ticket. So now you got two tickets, you know, and then it's very difficult for you to put them on a payment plan. You got to be in school or in public aid or something like that to be on a payment plan. You can't be a hardworking citizen working and just don't have enough money for your tickets to be on a payment plan. No, you have to be in some sign of distress. So, therefore, if a person wanted and desired to be a good citizen and pay their parking tickets, they're not going to allow them unless they're in some sign of distress. But I got news for you. Living in Chicago, we all in distress. Uh-huh. You know, so, so other than that, um, we need to have an independent um, group to come and audit our books to see where our spending is at. You know, I mean, from the mayor down, I would first cut the um, the councilman, the, the, the alderman. I mean, why are you getting $110,000 for a part-time job in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and the mayor's salary. These things need to be cut and put in a proper perspective. I mean, I mean, so therefore, when you out of the books an independent company instead of your own company that your friend is the, on the board, you bring an independent company to audit our books, find out where our spending is, and I guarantee you we wouldn't have to raise the taxes. We wouldn't have to lower the tickets to get the booth. We wouldn't have to sell the parking meters. We wouldn't have to lease the Skyway. We would find the money. Well, let me get back to the sustaining and increasing black businesses. How would that apply if it applies to the 20th Ward? Can you can you repeat that again, sir? The agenda of Black Wall Street is to sustain and increase black businesses. How would that apply to the twentieth ward? Well, I have Afro Americans all throughout the twentieth ward that's un- that's unemployed. They look every day at developers that come in the twentieth ward build multi million dollar developments and it's an insult for you to bring come in their community build a multi-million dollar development, and don't hire anybody from the community. So, yes, we have to start with the aldermen, the elected officials that sign off on this madness. And um, you have other different ethnic groups or uh, other different races that may not even be a U.S. citizen that come in and get all kind of benefits to start and, and, and their mom-and-pop store or their unsanitized food store, and our people study, look at them, and it's a slap in the face, but it all boils back to our leader, mm-hmm. the ones that well, sign off and allow this madness to happen. We're going to uh, get ready to go to a break, uh, but prior to the break, uh, can you address the the notion of separation of state and religion, knowing that you are a a, a reverend as well that's running for public office. Is there a such fair thing, a separation of state and religion? Well, you know, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I am, without a shadow of a doubt, a minister. 
I do believe in God, and I do believe in uh, laws. But I don't believe that a, I don't believe in a man or woman that that does not believe in God to set a law in an ungodly law that I have to follow. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we see that when they took prayer out of the school, the school went wild. So um, I don't believe in separation from church and state. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, uh, uh, candidate. Alderman to be, uh, Reverend Smith, what you want to hold on for us, and we're going yes, to go sir. to a break. And uh, after we go on a break, we have a caller, I believe, that we want to come on, uh, Miss uh, Sonia Perdue. Wonderful. Thank you so much. For, thank you for so much for joining us, and uh, we're going to come back to you, uh, Reverend Smith. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, our host is Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, publisher and editor of South Street Journal, and candidate for Alderman for the 17th Ward. Our caller number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. We're going to come right back after this break. We thank you break. We thank you so much for joining us. Please stay on the line.
Welcome back to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue. Ron Cotter is our host this evening. And uh, first, before we go back to Mr. Cotter and Reverend uh, Andre Smith and our, our caller on the line, I want to thank you for being patient. We're going to come to you next. Uh, we want to thank our guests from last week, um, Ms. Dorothy Brown, Clerk of the Circuit Court of Cook County, did join us last week. And uh, we do appreciate her taking the time out to uh, join us and uh, send out a lot of information to ex-offenders on how to clear, clear their records, expungement, and uh, those type of things. She does a lot in the community uh, regarding that topic and is much needed. And we're hoping that she does come back uh, for another show so that we can take some questions from our callers. Uh, because they have a lot of questions regarding that subject. Subject. Also, Ms. Marie Tran from Shriver Property Law Center was on uh, on the line with us last week, and she was talking about background checks uh, regarding in, in connection with the ex-offender and the hiring process. And also, uh, Ms. Payne, who is Program Director of Chicago Metropolis 2020, was on there. Uh, she's very involved in connecting the ex-offender to uh, prospective employers, and we hope that, uh, as a matter of fact, we made a promise to Ms. Artis over there uh, at Metropolis 2020, Chicago Metropolis 2020, that we will do another show because we want to um, really get that information out, that, out there. You can listen to these shows and archive at blogtalkradio.com slash cbpn. If you were not on the air with us last week, we're here every Thursday evening at 7 p.m., and we hope that you do join us. I want to touch on basis on a couple other things before we bring Ryan back on the air. October the 6th, we're having a networking event, uh, which we call Let's Meet on the Street. We do it about every month. Uh, we call it Connecting and Much More. That's October the 6th at the offices of South Street Journal, located at 449 East 35th Street here in Chicago. That's 4.30 to 8.30 p.m. Also that evening, Charles Salee, who um, is with the Jewish Vocational Services, will do a presentation at 6 p.m. that evening as part of that networking uh, program. Uh, there's a program out there that is similar to Put Illinois to the Put Illinois to Work program, which may, some of you may already know has been extended through the end of November. We want to thank Mark Allen and Ron Carter for all their efforts and involvement in getting uh, that extension and putting that information out there. There is a program called the Senior Aid Program, and the funds are distributed through the Department of Labor. It is uh, directed and targeted targeted for people 55 and older. It mirrors the Put Illinois to Work program in a lot of ways. So we want you to come by October the 6th, which is a Wednesday, 4.30 to 8.30 p.m., and, of course, bring 100 business cards. Come over and network with us at 449 East 35th Street. But all employers, we want you to come over also that evening and we want you to pick up your application and complete your application that evening and submit it. Uh, they have about 200 people on the line waiting to be employed, and they need you, employers like you, to fill those positions. We also have some other dates coming up. November the 5th, uh, 
Black Wall Street holds a quarterly summit. The next summit will be November 20th, but there's always a welcome reception. The welcome reception for Summit 14 is scheduled for Friday, November the 5th, right here at the offices of South Street Journal. So we want you to save the date for that particular event. And, of course, Saturday, November the 20th will be uh, Summit 14. Um, also, we're having a fundraiser November the 16th. We're having... Uh, a fundraiser at the Mid-America Club. Save that date also, and we will get more information out to you. If you have any questions, you want to participate in any of these events, please give me a call at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835. We're also in the process of put to, putting together a powerful volunteer team. Uh, I did some outreach the past uh, couple of weeks, and got tremendous responses from some unbelievable people who are going to help us reach out to our Black Wall Street districts and really assist us in our commitment to sustaining increasing black businesses. want you to know also that black contractors in the neighborhood meet every two weeks here at 449 East 35th Street. And uh, you should call the office to find out when the next meeting is for black contractors, and Ron can tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, the number to the office is 312-624-8351. That's 312-624-8351. And, of course, you know that we're here every Thursday evening on Blog Talk Radio right here. And we want to – let's bring our host back on. Ron, welcome back to the show. Can you What's just take you? a few minutes? few minutes before we go uh, to our caller and tell our listeners a little bit about the uh, summit. Well, uh, as we talked about earlier, the summit is an accountability process of a business organization to sustain and increase black businesses. So at our summit, this particular one on November the 20th is going to be focusing on our Black Wall Street districts, in which right now uh, we're up to 11 districts throughout the Chicagoland area, including Gary, Indiana. And that is the focus of particular streets such as 75th Street, Madison Street, uh, Stony Island, 79th Street West, 79th Street uh, East, uh, uh, 43rd Street, 47th Street. Uh, So uh, those are visual in which I would call black agenda initiatives to sustain and increase black businesses. So we're going to be focusing on those districts as it relates to the Christmas holiday where we're going to have a campaign that on those particular districts, we're looking for those businesses to uh, say that, yes, they have had an increase of a ching-ching at the cash register uh, on December 31st, 2010. So the agenda of the summit will be focusing on those Black Wall Street districts as well as other issues as it relates to black contractors in the neighborhood, the uh, citywide initiative of uh, CMAP, Chicago Metropolitan Agency Planning, which is planning for the year of 2040. 
in which they are in the process right now of voting and presenting that to the city council to vote on where Chicago and how Chicago is going to look in the year 2040. We at Black Wall Street got some very serious concerns that initially there was not one black community part of that initial planning. There was not one. However, we was instrumental. Where my tongue going? That instrumental in getting at least four business districts in the black community part of the planning process for what Chicago is going to look like in the year 2040. So on that agenda at the summit is that that's going to be a major initiative as well because we have 11 black Wall Street districts that we want to include in the planning process for the year 2040. So there's those particular agendas uh, as well as a concept of a black better business bureau and not only to address the existing businesses, prospective businesses, regardless of their nationality, that service the black community. So with all of those type of initiatives, we're going to have a very intense summit like we normally do. And keep in mind that a summit is just that. This is where agencies, business agencies, organizations, not necessarily agreeing with each other. They are coming together to debate, to raise the issue of where we are, where we need to go, and how we're going to get there through a voting process that everyone takes place. So I have to say there are some intense moments during the summit as well as the bottom line is productive moments moving from one summit to the next, moving to our Summit 15, which will be in the first week of February 2011 or the last week of uh, January 2011, where our summit agenda will be focusing on not just the history of black history, but the, the focus of how do we create a black history that has an economic agenda a part of it. So the summits are intense. They do get fun, but the fun is with serious dialogue and moving forward. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Perdue. Let me ask you one other question, Mr. Carter, before we go to our caller. I understand that there is an election taking place over Black Wall Street, Chicago, and that that election is for the uh, position of chairman. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had, um, uh, it's been an honor uh, serving as the chairman of Black Wall Street for the past three years, um, but regardless of my position of moving on to become alderman of the 17th Ward, regardless of that, there's still time for new leadership, a new chairman of Black Wall Street. And so the board of directors and the executive board of Black Wall Street is in the process of appointing a replacement for me 
as chairman. And I have to say that once we talk about that, whether it's in our committee meeting or the side meetings or the uh, executive board meeting, it tends to be a hot issue, and which is a, a, a which is legitimately so, because uh, people are concerned about who is the person that's going to uh, carry the the mantle of Black Wall Street. Uh, there was a, uh, a RFQ, a request for qualifications of who that person uh, by that person indicating their qualifications of implementation based on where Black Wall Street is at and where they propose to uh, put Black Wall Street as well. So that chairmanship agenda is a hot issue within Black Wall Street and have quizzed minds outside of Black Wall Street and uh, who would be the next chair. Uh, we are going to announce the new chair of Black Wall Street at the summit on November the 20th, and we are looking for people to take pride and take uh, a position of support for whoever that next chairperson be because it's about the gender and not the chair, but the chair is to help guide the objectives and the mission of Black Wall Street Chicago. But it's fun. Right. Was it fun this morning? Did you have fun this morning talking about that subject? I have fun every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it, it is heating up. <laughs> well, I do. I enjoy all my days. I'm out here on 35th Street looking out at Lake Meadows. Uh, yeah. All this activity is going on. That's why I tell people this is the place to be. It's a, it's a lot of activity going on, and there's a lot. Of, uh, there's a lot more about to happen. Uh, besides the election, uh, Black Wall Street is growing. Uh, as we reach out and try and fulfill the agenda of Black Wall Street, we do need your assistance. If you'd like more information uh, about becoming a member, if you like, if you have an interest in uh, running for. Uh, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, the door is open. Uh, you can reach Ron Carter, 312-624-8351. We welcome your questions and your inquiries. The uh, qualifications deadline uh, fulfillment is October 25th. So if you have an interest, we want you to um, call us as soon as possible so that we can get that information out to you. Let's do this, Ron. Let's go to our caller who's been very patient, and then we're going right. to bring Reverend Smith back on the line. Caller in area code 773, last four digits, last four digits 3513. Welcome to Black Wall Street, USA. Thank you for having me, Sonia. Hi, Ron. Hi. Hey, and this is? This is Leslie. Benjamin. Hey, Leslie. We miss you this morning. I know, um, but, uh, you know, great things are happening with my business, and I think this is kind of what we've been talking about uh, for the uh, weeks that I've been meeting with you guys, you know, and my goal, you know, for me is to kind of commit to the business as well as helping uh, with the initiatives, you know, concerning Black Wall Street, and I think the best way to do that is to be able to, start with my own business and be able to have, you know, a basis for for discussion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, what you have a a 
comments on our subject tonight, which is uh, candidates and elected officials as it relates to sustaining and increasing black businesses, or the other two questions that was raised, how do we hold the elected officials and candidates to the agenda of their particular uh, district or ward? Okay, um, I'm, I'm a constituent. I've lived in a few wards in the city, um, and one thing that I think is important um, is accessibility, not just to the aldermen, but to a, 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 a board or someone that is instrumental in reaching out to the community and I don't think there's anything wrong also with the alderman asking for the support of the community just like he did to get elected. You have to continue that communication, I think, because it shows them, it shows us as constituents that you're interested in what we have to say and that you depend on us. I think we have to start becoming more active in our own communities, even if if it's at a, a entry level, you know everybody pitching in and helping with that initiative could come. It can it can make things a lot better. People feel like they're making a difference because it's been obvious for many years. I'm not from Chicago. I've lived in the suburbs, but it's been obvious to me since I've been a Chicago resident that no matter what ward that I live in, what we do as constituents. Depend on the mayor, who is not like us, or doesn't live next door to us, or sometimes even some people, even though they live in the ward, their conditions may be a little bit better, and it kind of looks like you know the person can be a little larger than life. I just realized a, a month ago that I lived literally around the corner from my alderman here on the west side, and I didn't know that because. He wasn't making himself accessible, and where I live, even just two lots away, is a very vast difference, and it confuses me. So, to make yourself available as an alderman, because you're just a person who wants to make a difference, and you want us all to be able, you're, you're expressing a desire when you step up to the plate as an alderman, but you express a desire for us to all be able to have the kind of conditions that are safe. We can go to businesses that are, are, are doing well because they care about their customers. We go to right. hospitals and doctors and places within our own community where care is taken care in the way that they deal with the constituents in the community. But we as constituents have to set the standards, too, and not really depend on just one person to take care of all these many things that need to be done because Right now, just like Barack Obama walked into a mess, every alderman that's taken the initiative to try to enact a change, it's really a movement because a lot needs to be done. So it's going to take all of us to get involved. Right. Well, with getting that, what would you say would be the first initiative, uh, even to the point that um, which, which ward do you live in, uh what ward did you live in in the city of Chicago? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Ron. I don't even know, but I know that I don't live far from the congressional office of Danny Davis. 
and I live two blocks away from Edward Harris, near uh, the conservatory. <laughs> okay, so I think that you're probably in the uh, the 27th ward on the west side. Uh, being that, is there uh, something that you feel that you would want the alderman to address right away? What is the uh, one particular process? And then upon identifying that one area that you think that that alderman should address, how would you propose that the alderman be accountable or uh, to you in presenting uh, their position on the issue you feel they should address? I know that there is a this is a tall order to follow, but I think what he should start with is with the businesses in the community and with the the homeowners in the community. Mm -hmm. And when whenever you start there, you have people that have tangibles that they work really hard for. So if you start there and include them in the mindset of getting to know what's going on in the community, even though he might not be able to. You know, personally introduce himself to everybody that moves in unity because I live in between two homeowners. That will give the alderman an opportunity to know that I live in the building. I have happen to have good relationships with the homeowners in such a very short time because what they see is that I'm an active person and they see that even though I struggle, I still keep going. And that's the thing that we can use in our community instead of people becoming kind of sedentary. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think you're breaking up on uh I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So what, well, can you hear me now? Right. Well, let me put it to you uh, another way and then maybe if... I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of... I wanted to answer... I wanted to finish and then I'll, I'll let you talk. Because um, I was... I think we broke up. Okay, yeah. Right Go ahead. Uh, yeah. When, you start, when you start with the businesses and the uh, <clears throat> property owners, they get to know the neighbors. That way, if there's problems with what's going on in the community, even though the aldermen have no way of getting to know everybody personally, when these problems occur, you can kind of have a better hand a relationship with people that own businesses, that own property, and they care about it, and they want the neighborhood to, you know, to 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 have uh, sustainability and, and and be safer. So you're 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 listening to the people that own stuff, and when there's an issue, you're you're available to listen to their complaints, and then maybe what can happen is. If you have a committee or a staff that is, you know, organized in, you know, kind of having a, 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 a approachable, if they're approachable and they want to kind of quell some of the problems just by showing a little concern for people, that's just one idea. You know, it, 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 you know I don't know how an office is set up with an alderman. I'm not very well aware of how it works, but... I think that what they'll find is there are a lot of people in the community that don't want the corner stores. They'll, they'll, they'll be able to do an assessment by listening to what the people want. You know, the, the, it's like the same idea with the block club. The block club 
just a block over look really good. And, you know, if we have the whole community involved, maybe we'll have more of a voice because the alderman is on our side, his staff is on our side, the people in the community have spoken, and then they're trying to just raise the level of, of consciousness about what's going on and people start to, you know, fall in line because they want to see a change. Right. Well, let me kind of pull this back to um, Reverend uh, Smith, uh, Andre Smith, who's a candidate for Alderman of the 20th Ward. Um, uh, 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 Mr. Smith? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, uh, she just spoke of, and I'm just going to uh, kind of pick on something that she stated, was the businesses and the homeowners as a focal point for community representation. However, throughout the the city, there's basically been more of a 28 to 33% voter turnout. And if that 28 to 33% voter turnout is the homeowners and the business influence in the elected officials, who are those that other uh, 66% or more people that don't vote? Who are they, and why don't they vote? Well, I would say that they are the dis discouraged. They are the ones that recognize the system to be the system, and they understand that things are not going to change. But things will change once you replace the one that is, which is your elected official. If they're not in, she made, the sister made a good point a while back ago when she talked about a doctor goes to school to heal somebody or to use medicine to heal somebody. If a person's sick, a doctor goes to school four to eight years, 12 years, however long they go to school, they go to school to work in a hospital or work in a clinic to operate or to perform a service to get a proper result, just like an elected official. Elected official, when you run as a candidate for office to serve a community, you should serve the community and not serve the best interests of yourself. And that's where we have went wrong with the people that we have in office have not been serving the community. They have been serving the best interests of themselves. Well, how do you reach that other 66% um, 66 uh, voting population? Now, let's take it in the other point. Now, that is probably about 66% of the registered voters that do not vote in the municipal elections, and yet there could be an average of an additional 50 to 60% more voters in a particular ward that's not registered. So in given, you can say that there may be about eight or 9,000 people that's voting in a particular ward, but yet then there could be another close to about 70, well, yes, maybe about, I'm going to be conservative and just say about 60,000 people 
in a particular ward that do not vote on a continuous basis throughout the city. What would it take in order to ignite that massive amount of people to participate in the process? Uh, I'm going to backtrack, if I can, a little bit. That versus the election of Barack Obama versus the election of Harold Washington, where there was approximately about an 80% voter turnout and there was maybe about a 75% voter turnout for uh, the the last presidential election. But in this last uh, primary, there was maybe about 33%, and it's projected that there were maybe about mm, 30% or less voter turnout in the automatic. What can it take to ignite that approximately 80% of the possible voters in the city of Chicago? Well, Ron, I'm so glad you asked the question because most of the registered voters and the, the non-registered voters, they lost interest. And they, 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 they believe that business is going to continue as usual whether they vote or not. But And I'm glad you mentioned Barack Obama and our late, great Merrill Washington. They inspired the people. They made history because they fought for the people, they were from the people, and they stood for the people. And that's the thing that we have now. Leaders are born. It's in the DNA. You can hear a leader. When you heard Barack Obama, he had you, my grandmother, and other people, mothers, and children in tears because we really believed that change was going to come. You hear these politicians now, these running for senators and elected officials as far as committeemen, aldermen. You know, when you hear them now, it's the same rhetoric, the same speech, the same lie that you've been hearing time and time again. The people are crying out for real change, not just a speech that says change or uh, alderman that says he's going to change. He's going to change nothing. He's not even going to change his shoes that he wears. So, you know he's not going to change the committee. I mean, the the, the community. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to a caller, um, uh, Reverend Smith. Uh, Sonia, we have another caller. Yes, we do. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Let's go to area code three one two, last four digits eight one seven four. Welcome to Black Wall Street USA. You're on the air. Yes. Uh, how you doing, Sonia and Ron? Uh, this is Harold. This, this is Harold here. Harold, oh, how you doing, Mr. Real Estate Man? I need to give hey. you a call. That's <laughs> I know. right. We're gonna uh, yeah, I got to follow yeah, up Yeah, we're going to talk. I haven't forgotten you. Uh, okay. But, uh, I'm listening to the program, and uh, I think it's uh, – uh, I haven't been on that long, but I think it's uh, very good that you're having some uh, candidates and some uh, local uh, government officials and politicians and so forth. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, I wanted to say that Chicago – uh, right now has a great opportunity. That's uh, and and basically it always starts at the top. The mayor is resigning. You start there with a, uh, a new mayor. You can have a, a different outlook as far as the council is concerned. Where before there was a lot of pushing in uh, of council by the mayor. 
Now mm-hmm. you won't have that problem, no matter who gets in, because I don't think it's going to be the same kind of thing because whoever the new mayor is, they're going to have to feel their way and get to know people, and they have to get to know them. And uh, uh, the aldermen have an excellent chance of making some inroads in their community. Uh, I would say uh, to anyone that's running, anyone that's listening to this program, that the aldermen, along with their constituents, have to identify their problems within that ward, have to come up with solutions, have to come up with financing for some of those solutions, uh, if not all of them. Uh, They have to involve themselves with each other. They need to... um, Build committee ward groups, and I think I heard the one young lady talked about block block clubs. That needs to happen in every community. Um, they have to uh, sweep the streets. These uh, young people that are hanging on the streets, they have to have something to do. And if they can't find something to do, they can't hang there on the corner. Mm-hmm. And they have to be moved out. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen. I'm not from Chicago. Okay, I've seen it happen in the city that I grew up with, with, first of all, the mayor, <laughs> and we had a dynamic mayor years ago, and without getting into all that, it was in Cleveland, Ohio, and mm-hmm. there was a big, massive improvement there, because Cleveland mm-hmm. used to be the mistake in the lake, okay? Mm-hmm. Then, right. police visibility has to happen, and the aldermen have to push whoever the police chief is, because I think you're going to have a new police chief. I don't see Joey Weiss, Weiss or Weiss staying around long. Okay? Uh, you got that right. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to have to push that police chief uh, mm-hmm. in or, uh, for him to strategically place the police so that the police can police. And many of the police in a lot of cities, what, what happens with the police, they're walking beat some things. Now, they walk beat some things downtown, and, but you don't see them out in the neighborhood doing it. Mm-hmm. And and in some other cities they do do that. So that the police they knock on doors, they they shake hands with people. They're on uh, they're on bikes. That's another thing that I would say I would recommend to you. The police need to get off out of those cars and all that and trying to be in secret with this the cars that everybody knows is undercover police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and they need to walk the walk the streets. They really mm-hmm. do. And, now, one uh, thing that you one thing that you did indicate yeah. that I've never heard said very clear. You said that Chicago has a great opportunity this time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people say right. that's a great opportunity based on a potential of somebody replacing the existing mayor per se. But you use it to the point that I really I never heard it before. I have to admit. I'm going to have to use that terminology that you use. Um, can you elaborate, and maybe if uh, Reverend Smith, if you want to elaborate in how uh, he used that term, Chicago has a great opportunity. Well, I'll, I'll say what I mean is that leadership uh, many times Starts at, uh, it, it's at the top, but it can also be bottom up. And so uh, sometimes the top can stifle what the bottom is trying to do. You have an opportunity now that 
whoever is mayor, they're going to have to get figure out how they're going to leave this city. Chicago's a great city, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. has the capacity to even be a greater city, okay? And that could happen, Very, uh, uh, and now is the time that it can happen. Mm-hmm. The, other, okay. the other thing I was going to mention real quick, I just want to say two things, and then I'll keep quiet for a while. Beautification. You need to establish some beautification committees throughout the wards. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I mean, you know, uh, if the aldermen can come up with some of that money that they get, and a number of them do get money to operate within their wards, where they have some cleanup groups and cleanup crews, and they can hire youngsters to mm-hmm. help clean up, uh, help uh, uh, any of these vacant properties and the land and all this uh, paper and, uh, and uh, dirt and so forth, whatever they can do to clean it up uh, throughout the neighborhoods, uh, that's one thing I would suggest for for the uh, all of them. because uh, right. I think in, uh, you can see the differences around town, and uh, I do real estate all over. I, I'm on the north side, I'm on the south side, I'm in the loop, and I'm gonna tell you uh, the same style houses on the, in many parts of the south side as they are on the north side, but the differences are their houses are not being broken into on the north side and different parts of the north side. I should Mm-hmm. On the south side, too many homes are broken into. And then the property is terrible. Now, I would say this, uh, you know, the landscaping and so forth. Uh, in some communities out in the suburbs, if that grass is growing too high or that property is all dirty and junky, they come in with a cleaning crew from the city, they clean it up, they charge either the owner, as the owner is no longer the owner, they charge the bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's either going to be a, an owner of that property or it's going to be the bank that owns that property. But somebody's getting charged. Okay? All right. So, All right. I mean, that was some very good points. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we need to – we have to move on to another caller, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hold on with you, um, and we're going to get right back with you as well, okay? Okay. Uh, Sonia? You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter. I'm Sonya Purdue. We're going to go to another caller in area code 773, last four digits, 1962. Was that a good year, Ron? Oh, that was a couple of years before I was uh, doing uh, Malcolm X's uh, getting hot years. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> 1962 caller. Where you, where, where your, your name and where you calling from? Uh, my name is Jeffrey Davis. How you doing, brother? Jeffrey Davis, off in the Auburn-Gresham community. Yes, and 1962 was a good year. That's the year I was born. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, that's the tell. I'd like to congratulate you on um, your uh, candidacy for uh, Alderman, and I think you're going to win. As a matter of fact, I know you're going to win. Well, thank you very um, much. um, How did make some nice comments, too. You know, that's my brother, too, you know. And... um, Brothers do need to have some accountability um, hanging on on the corners and stuff. You know, uh, as you for taking this position as the uh, alderman in Inglewood, one of the hottest spots in the city of Chicago, I mean, what are your plans? Because, you know, I lost a son to uh, gunplay a couple years ago. I didn't know that. they, they, They acting crazy. I mean, 
we have to do something about this. And like he said, you have a great opportunity to do something with this. Well, I do, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, I have to go back and have to admit, cannot go without saying, Jeff and I are uh, close friends. We need to get him on this uh, back in the swing of things of what I'm doing here. But, uh, Jeff, I have to admit that your is, is a real, um, I have to <laughs> I have to admit that that's an emotional concern of mine, you know, when you talk about the youth. Uh, it's a real emotion. I am very concerned about the youth. What I do is I go directly to them, and I go directly to them, and uh, I put it to them straight. I put it to them straight to the point that my daughter – uh, just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Is you, they are not giving her a fair play of a man that she can be with that's equal to her statue of living. Mm-hmm. And I put it to them like that is, and I don't look at, I know that we have some very idiotic black youth, but I am to the notion that it is all by design. I'm not going to, uh, uh, how can I say, just ignore the ignorance, but I believe that we have to go straight forth. I'm going to just say this little story that I witnessed on 79th and Ashland Hmm. uh, coming home one day at 12 noon, and it was maybe about... 70 youth on the corner of 79th and Ashland acting a fool, actually stopping cars in the middle of the intersection, taking people's clothes off. And in the midst of not knowing what was going on, I pulled over and I heard a lady that said, help. And it was maybe about 20 guys over this car. And in the midst of hearing the cry help, I just got out of my car like John Wayne or Clint Eastwood and walked down the middle of the street. And as I got closer and closer to the car, because I heard a female say, help me. And the closer I got to the car, and when I got to the car, I seen these females in this car, young teenagers, naked. Uh, these guys just snatched their clothes off. So in the midst of me getting there, when these guys were from the ages of 16 to 25 years old, it was about exactly. 70 of them. And when I got there, I, you know, I think I had a blind sight in my head or something. But all those youth was nowhere near that car. They was gone. They, it seemed as though they, they, they just backed off and looked at me. And I got to the car, and I told those girls to drive off. And then I just stood in the middle of the street and looked around, and I looked at those youth looking at me. Now, I don't know what happened to me that allowed me to get brave like that, to break them up without saying a word. And after that happened, 
I somewhat kind of came back to my senses to say, wow, what the hell happened? Why did I do something like that? They could have just, you know, I, you know, so after that, you know, I thank God for letting me have the courage to do that. But what happened was that that taught me as I go campaigning that I have to go directly to those youth and be straight up with them. And we got to be straight up with them. We got to be straight up with them, and we can't be messing around. I'm serious about the year 2040 of what the city of Chicago is planning. And as they plan the year 2040, they're planning with it with the, the jails. They're planning with it with the, 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 the black youth that's uh, uneducated. They're playing with it with... The, the, the pants falling down, I'm very concerned, and I think that, and I even go back to the Bible, maybe if uh, Reverend Smith can help me out here, is that to get a people, you must destroy the youth. And if you destroy the youth, however way, I don't, I don't blame our youth per se. I believe that there is a system because no other youth is in a danger than black youth. If this youth was in the same like it is in the Caucasian, the same with even to the degree of Hispanics, even to the degree of Asians, Greeks, uh, Arabs, if they were in the same state of black youth, I would take the position of lock them up and throw away the key. But it is only with the black youth that is not in parity to the growth of this city. So, you know, like I said, I'm very uh, concerned and emotional and heartfelt when it comes to our youth because, again, if I can look at it uh, selfishly, is that I have a son that's 17 years old, and I have a daughter that's 23 years old. Will my son make it, and will my daughter be able to have a choice of the man that she's going to be with? And at this point in time, she said, no, Daddy, I don't have a choice. So if I come home with some other nationality, don't you say a doggone thing, and to the point that she is somewhat right. So... As you ask that question, my position is go directly to them without no shortcuts. Just got to go directly to them, and that means that even in my neighborhood where I live, in the Inglewood neighborhood, walking down the street and this one lady standing on the porch, I was walking my dog, and I asked her, what's wrong? She said, that's what's wrong. Them brothers over there with that loud music. I said, well, we're going to call the police on them. And so here it goes again. This is a group of brothers, maybe about 20 of them, 12 o'clock at night, blasting their music like crazy. Don't care. So I put my dog put on, 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 the, on, the, on the fence and walked on over to them and say, look, y'all need to cut this music down. They looked at me like I'm crazy. They didn't cut it down there right away. But when I walked away, that music went down. So I know that sometimes we got some crazy people out here, crazy young brothers out here that don't give no respect for, to their elders and just inching to to do something. 
but we got to be direct with them. As hard as it is, we got to be direct with them because they are loose and they lost respect for us, and we got to get that respect back. And the only way we can get that respect back for them to get their acts together for our race's sake is to go directly to them. So, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a soapbox offer when it comes to that youth, Jeff, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> Reverend, can you, uh, uh, Reverend Smith, can you address that, please? You know, I mean, I agree, and Brother Jeff, you know, you have my sympathy as well. And, Thank you. And Brother Ron, I, I agree. I mean, but, you know, when in my ward, it's considered the, the top, the number three within the top 25 of the most dangerous communities in the country. And somebody's getting shot almost every day. So Yeah, I'm, I'm over, you know, I'm over I mean, in your ward. I, I see it all the time. You know, my problem that I have is that we have, if you can't be a doctor if you have not seen a patient or prescribed a medicine, I mean, for the patient. You can't be a a teacher if you ain't taught nobody. You know, I mean, you can't be a motivator if you haven't mentored or motivated anyone. You can't be a pastor if you if it's just you in the church. So what I'm saying is that we have leaders that have not led anyone, they just have entitles. We have politicians, aldermen, senators, and things like that, that just, you know, their friend put a lot of money behind them so they could win, and they won, so they're taking care of their friend, but they're not the aldermen of the community. And that's well, it, where we at, that's where we're going wrong at. You well, know, like well, the brothers, you know, I, I, I am expecting you guys to step up to the plate because, uh, well, we you have know, no as choice. I see it now, we have no choice, and some, some brothers said early, now is the time for Chicago. No, it always been the time for Chicago. You know, it's just that we have leaders that's in leadership that's afraid to step up to the plate. You know, that's just like when, what was it, George Ryan or whoever, they gave everybody license and they didn't know how to drive. Did you see what happened? Mm-hmm. Right. That's the same thing that's happening now. People have won um, the title of becoming the alderman, the committeeman, the senator. But look at look at the mayor. But look at what condition we're in. Exactly. So who actually? Really, how do they get their license? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, Jeff, it's also you the parents actually, too. You know, I mean, you know, I got eleven kids, man. You know, that was one of my that was my baby. That um, you know, my oldest child is forty-one. He's Doing, my kids are all successful. They are doing great, you know. And Ryan knows me. He knows I've been doing this forever. But, you know, my thing is that uh, my kids are respectful. They do what they're supposed to do. They get get out the house 18, 19, go to school or a job or something. But, you know, these kids just don't just don't have nothing to do. Like you say, they break in. That's what they do. They sell drugs and break in the houses. That's all they do. Brother, so uh, I... it's, got, it's got to be a solution. I was just talking about to uh, a bunch of voters within the, the um, registered voters within the 20th ward that was in my office earlier today. When you close down the 2010, uh, when you uh, when you close down Renaissance 2010, when you close down one school in the community, and, you, and and just like in the 20th ward, we have Inglewood closed down on Stewart 63rd. Those children have to transport all the way over 
to Stony Island from Stewart, walk right, through exactly. all those dangerous communities. Exactly. And do you not think something's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. But, 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 but see, who stands up and say anything about that? Nobody says something until somebody gets shot, some innocent kid that the mother sent to school. The boy didn't want to go to school or the daughter didn't want to go to school, but they went anyway because they want to get a good, decent education. So they go to school, wind up getting shot, red tape everywhere. The kid is dead. The mother's crying. She's trying to figure out why. But you should have knew it. If you sit there and study, you, you, you had a perfect example at Finger High School. Yeah. Well, let me uh, say, uh, Jeff, you definitely uh, uh, ignited a, a spark here. With, uh, oh, we do. Uh, I with, mean, it's emotional because our children yeah. are dying every day. Correct, correct. Yeah. All the time. Over stupid stuff, you know. Right. So and and, 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 and I don't really fault, Brother Ron, I don't fault those young brothers that um, that is scrambling and wondering which way to go. Them young brothers need a leader to lead them. They need GED programs. When you bring a developer into the community, yes, sir. But they need to be accountable. You know, they, yes, they need to be accountable. You know. But guess what? They need to be accountable, but they also need resources and programs. We left them. They are, they are like when you're in a war and you leave somebody. You know what I'm saying? We left them. Well, I think that there was a, um, you know, um, just personally, you know, I was uh, one of those guys in the street. I was too, myself. brother. No, we, we all come from out of there, brother. Yeah, we all were. We, come from the from, we, we all come from, you know, we got out. Robert Taylor Project. No mentor, no black leader, right. no, no Al Sharpman, no Al Salson. No, we, nobody we, came. We, we made it, man. You know, but the thing well, about it is that we had parents. I think you indicated about the uh, the conditions of elected officials, uh, and again, I just want to hit on, as you stated, uh, Reverend Smith, about closing schools. Closing schools is a major sign of what is about to happen in Correct. the community, and that definitely was a government elected official's responsibility of the effects of closing schools and as high, uh, dropouts increase well, they also and co- sales uh, increase. So I will propose, Sonia, y'all going to help Sonia. Sonia, I'm sorry, my dear. I'm sorry. See, at the end of the program, well, you never we said, you know, but, you're uh, talking about the kids. When you oh, talk okay. about our kids, you know, those are our next Michelle Obama's, our next Barack Obama's, our next Martin Luther King's, Earl Washington. I mean, Children of Truth. When you're talking about our our children, you are talking about our future. Exactly. Correct. So, look, uh, Sonia, we're probably going to have to have a program <laughs> with our youth, and as and I know that this is Black Wall Street. If you need me as a guest, I have no problem with it. <laughs> yeah, and our agenda is sustaining and increasing black businesses, but we cannot sustain and increase black yeah, businesses like if we don't have our youth a part of it. But yeah. we are coming to the end of our show. Thanks for heating us up, Jeff. At you the end well. of our program, yes, but okay, we're going to have Smith to turn too. this over to Sonia, um, our guest, uh, Jeff, Reverend Smith, uh, Leslie, uh, uh, Harold. I want to thank you all for being a part of Chicago's Black Business Network of Black Wall Street. And with that in mind, Sonia, are you going to kill me? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not yet. Because, Jeff, you know what? I've learned. I've learned yeah, well, how much rope I need to get in. Well, I'm, 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 I'm an advertising guy. You know, I know how to talk. <laughs> no, I, I learned if I have to give Ron. I have to tell him like 50 minutes before time that he need to close down because he's not gonna <laughs> stop. But you know, it, it's um, this show we've been doing this since December, Jeff, and mm-hmm. uh, we yes, we certainly want you to come back. And all of our topics usually go uh, pretty much like this, and and it's and it's a great thing. And we replay these shows over and over again. I'm just sharing this with everyone, you, Jeff, and everyone else. And these shows are replayed on WJPC uh, Chicago every Saturday, and we're going to some other stations also because uh, we're, our, we're not saying about what we're doing. We are serious about what we're doing. And we're going to come back, and we're going to have a part two, and once again, now, our phone lines are full, and we're not going to get to these people. You know how it heats up at the end. My uh, you know, <laughs> It heats up at the end. But we want to thank them for calling. There's like uh, 14 people on the line right now. But we want to Ooh. thank them for calling, and we got five minutes Well, I think left. that we can still tough. remain in the chat room, though, can we, uh, Sonia? You, you, you can remain all night, Ron. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thank you so Thank much, you Jeff, for being a part part of what we do. But Reverend Smith, we do want to give you like two minutes for your final statement. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. All right, Jeff. Okay. Thank you. Now, within my closing in my two minutes, our city has gone wild. It's not girls gone wild anymore, or, or boys or men's gone wild. It's Chicago's gone wild. And now many of our aldermen are standing up, saying, "Hey, look." The alderman did this. The, I mean, the mayor did this. The mayor did that. I, I, I agree, like Ron said. They're cowards. Why stand up now when you've been in the office for three and a half years and you said absolutely nothing? The mayor, when the budget came, the stimulus back, the mayor said to the alderman, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do with the money. The alderman didn't say anything. They didn't come to the community and say, the mayor's not telling us. The mayor's this. The mayor's that. They shut up. They voted yes every time with him, and I say no to them now. We need to vote them out. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Reverend Smith. We're going to get together, and uh, I'd like for you and I to definitely get together too because of our agendas and to create this platform that we're going to be in partnership when we're in city council. Yes, sir. Sonia. Thank you so much for being with us, Reverend Smith. We want to thank Leslie Benjamin, and we did not mention Leslie Benjamin is the new uh, co-chair for the Black Wall Street Madison District. We want to thank her for being a part uh, of what we do and uh, coming on the show with us. And also we want to thank Harold Honor, who is, um, who's been over here at South Street Journal a few times, attended the uh, last summit, and also uh, – is into real estate, and we want to definitely stay in touch with Harold because we would like to replay some of his shows on our network as well. So we want to definitely thank Harold Arnold, uh, who is a Chicago's Black Business Network member, for his support. And uh, as the founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, Black Wall Street, and uh, CBBM, we are hosting a networking event on October 6th at 449 East 35th Street. We want to invite each and every one of you 
who is on the line with us, uh, don't just call in. Come over and be a part of what we, we're doing and uh, join us in our efforts to increase and sustain black businesses. Uh, Ron, once again, let's have your final remarks, and you get got uh, 60 seconds. Well, with that in mind, I do want to invite all to be with us next Thursday, not only for our radio program, but also at the uh, Black Wall Street meeting, preparing for the next summit. And naturally, I need to be selfish to say um, uh, look out for the 17th Ward because we're going to be joining partnership with the 20th Ward in bringing that type of elected officials to the city council. Did I do it? You did, and we want to thank each of you for joining us on Black Wall Street USA. Did sign on with uh, Michael Carter on Facebook, too. He's listening to us out there in San Diego. That is uh, the president of Black Wall Street. We want to thank you for joining us, and uh, join us again next week on Black Wall Street USA right here on CBPN on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great evening. Good night, Ron. Good night, Sonia, and everyone else. Thank you.